Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this holiday week. We are having a fantastic time. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email and let me know what's on your mind. Well, this week we are doing something really special, really different for this podcast, but really important. You know, on the show all the time, I talk about the spiritual war that we are in how everything we are experiencing in this country and around the world is part of something that's going on above us on a spiritual plane. And the battle is really between God and the enemy, good versus evil, however you want to put it. But it is true that we are in the midst of an epic spiritual battle. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And all of this applies to what is happening in America today. You know, when you're scratching your head saying, this is as worse as it's ever been, I can't see past tomorrow, everything seems so dark in the country today. Why does it appear that evil is on the rise, on the march, and winning? What's going on? And where can we find the answers to this? Well, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is a Messianic Jewish rabbi. He's also a number one New York Times bestselling author who's written just fantastic bestsellers connecting biblical prophecy to what is happening in America and around the world. Those books include The Harbinger, Harbinger 2, The Paradigm, so many more. But it's his latest one that really has grabbed my attention. And that's why I wanted to spend the week this week with Jonathan. His latest book is called The Return of the Gods, which you can find at the website, thereturnofthegods.com. Also on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books. So please go get it. It is an absolute page turner. 
and very, very important to understanding what is going on because it digs deep into scripture and prophecy to reveal the dark forces at work in America today and explains so much. So today and then Friday, all this week, we are going deep into his work with him, which is absolutely mind-blowing. So buckle up for yet another fantastic and important show. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, welcome back. Great to be with you, Monica. Always great to talk to you. And this is now day two of the series that we are doing this week. So for those who have not heard Monday's show, and if you haven't, I want your name because you should be listening to these shows uh, every day as they come out. But for those who have not listened yet to Monday's show and may just be joining us today, can you set the stage of what we are talking about, the mystery behind the return of the gods? Yeah, the... the the return of the gods is opening a mystery that is affecting us, that behind everything that's happening, what if behind all these transformations, what's happening to America, what's happening to our culture, what's happening to much of the world, um, in the last half century or so, there's actually an ancient mystery that goes back to the Bible and goes back to the tablets of ancient Mesopotamia. What if the gods, the, 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 the what we know as gods, what if there is actually something real to them, spirits, entities that and what if they returned one of the mysteries that the bible opens up is that behind the gods of the ancient world are actually spirits in hebrew called the shedim in greek called the daimonia we get the word demonic from it um and that and that you know in the in the in the uh, early centuries, the, the pagan world, which was filled with these spirits, filled with these gods, was basically cleansed in the West. Be when the gospel came in, it drove these things out, drove out the gods, drove out the spirits. But there's a warning that Jesus gave that if a culture or civilization or nation that has, that has been delivered of these things, freed of these things, like the West, like America, ever turns away from God, then these spirits are coming back. The same ancient spirits are going to return. The same, quote, ancient gods are going to return. And that's exactly what we've been witnessing um, from the from around the mid-century, around the 20, around 1960s, we start driving God out. We start emptying our house of God. And so what's been happening, That's that keeps getting, it's accelerating now, you know, where it's getting so crazy that I mentioned on the, the first program that even many liberals, you know, the old school liberals are saying, what is going on? This is madness. Um, it is affecting everything. It is behind everything. What happens is when, when a culture does this, it becomes repossessed. We are watching the possession of America and the West. We are watching the, the paganization of America. The de-Christianization means the paganization. There's no, there's no other alternative. It's one or the other. And so when you take out, and, and, and Monica, you said this in the last program, you called it the bulwark. When you take out these things that have been basically protecting and holding back the darkness, like God, the gospel, the Bible, the word of God, the faith, you know, the spirit, you take it out, then what was back then? We kind of forgot about it. You know, you take for granted. You don't know what you've got till it's gone, you know, is coming back. And so what we have been witnessing is this process of paganization. We are being paganized. America is, been transfor is being transformed from a Christian civilization into a pagan one. And we watched last time how the specific, you know, one, one of the things I get into, the return of the gods, is that it's not just a general thing. It's actually naming, identifying the specific gods or spirits. We watched how the same 
trinity, dark trinity of gods, these three gods or spirits that, that came to ancient Israel when it turned away from God or, or possessed it, is now possessing America. We we mentioned the only the first one. The first one is called the possessor, and he's, he matches up with Baal in the Bible. Um, and this spirit has been coming into America from the early 60s, has been taking over America, driving out God, paganizing us in so many ways that we don't even we don't even realize it. We, we touched on some of them, even with our computers, even with our art, with transhumanism, even with wokeness, you know, everybody has their own truth. Well, that's the wokeness behind wokeness is paganism. So all these things have, have happened with that, but he is only the first of three. He's like that first spirit in the parable of Jesus that we mentioned last time, the warning that when it comes back to an empty house and then says, I'm going to bring my friends. Well, he's the first, but not the end. He, he ushers in another. So I, and we're going to talk about the, the other two of part of the dark Trinity here in a second, uh, Jonathan, but let me, let me ask you this. There's so much that's related to territory you know, like you think about principalities, demonic principalities that sort of settle over areas, geographic areas, like a principality over Washington, D.C., for example. But if you could just talk about when you talk about the possessor and how these spirits come back in to repossess a civilization or a nation, it is all about territory. It's about conquest of territory, and it's about reclaiming territory, isn't it? Yeah, interesting, because the the spirit in the parable says, uh, I will go back, I will return to my house. Now, now, two things about that. He's talking about the guy who he got, he got delivered, he got cast out of. He had possessed a man, and he calls the man a house, and he calls him my house. And so, absolutely, there is a thing about possession. Listen, the, the, the first principality is called the possessor. He's possessive. Uh, they all are. And they're coming back, and as you, interesting, they're coming back to a to a culture, Western civilization, along with the other civilizations that they once possessed. So basically, it's like saying, no, it's mine. We don't accept this God. We don't accept this this Christianity. We don't accept this Bible, this Judeo-Christian. We, we don't accept that 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 is what America is. That is what the West is. This is our house, and we're going to repossess it, and it will become possessed. It will become our thing. And interesting, because you'll notice, um, that actually, as we go through this, that one of the focal points is actually New York City. <laughs> you know, New York. New York is actually, a, when you talk about geography um is actually has been a portal to many things last time we spoke about one of the sign two of the signs of bail possessor appeared in new york city well we're going to see that throughout this is also you know that's going to be central in many ways as well and that's where the arch of bail appeared you know and then also another one is washington dc which is another place where the arch of bail appeared which is yes. also central central in many of these in many of these things and these departures and so yeah and and i I'll, i will get into it i know we'll get into this but but um but one of the one of the territories quote of the gods is the children they always seek the children and and we'll get into it i know when we get into the transformer but that that's one of the reasons why children are so much in the center of all this now that they with of 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 transsexuality of all these things of indoctrination of everything because the gods always go after the children because if oh, you get yeah. the children if you get the children 
you have the nation, you have the future. You, that's it. You control the children, you control the future. That's exactly right. Okay. So we talked about bail in the first installment. You just uh, reminded us of who Bale is and the force that he represents. The next God you write about in the return of the gods as part of the dark Trinity is a she. Tell us about her. Yeah, that the Baal had a wife, you know, and or a consort, depending on the mythology in Canaanite mythology. And this is the second principality. It's, and it's like, this is who he brings in. But first comes Baal. The Bible speaks about her. And the Bible, in the Bible, she's called Ashtorah. Uh, but she was everywhere. She she this is one of the deepest, darkest uh principalities, you know. Um, on one hand, we could think Baal is the is the the you know the big one because he's the first and he wasn't with with Israel. But in some ways, the reach of this one is like incredible. Um, in Babylon, she was called Ishtar. Kind of sounds like Ashtar Ashtora Ishtar. Uh, in Sumer, she was called Inanna. In in Phoenicia, she was called Astart. The Greeks called her. Aphrodite. The Romans called her Venus. Now, you know, when we think of Venus, think, oh, it's kind of a nice little thing with a heart. No, there's nothing nice about this. This is an ancient, dark principality. And this principality is the principality of sexual immorality, sexual licentiousness, unbridled sexual lust. That is what I, I will I will call her the goddess, or she was called the in, in the in the return of the gods, I call her the enchantress which she was called. Sometimes I call her Ishtar because that's kind of universal uh, back then in Mesopotamia. But this is, and actually she's the first principality ever written in, that has literature, I mean, in human history. The first really literature or poet or or poetry or hymns are linked, are recorded as to this, this goddess. And so she's the goddess of sexual immorality or, you know, um, now, now what does that mean here now? And, and also, by the way, She's also a prostitute. She is a prostitute goddess, a harlot goddess. That's in her mythology. So what is she? It, what is, can, I, can I just stop you yeah. right there? Is she related at all to Jezebel? Is yes. it the yes. Jezebel spirit? Yeah, totally. And I'll, I'll let me tell totally. And, th and this kind of brings this kind of brings the return of the gods with the other book I wrote called The Paradigm, where it speaks about Jezebel and this whole thing. Well, interesting. Yeah, Jezebel was from Phoenicia. She was, you know, and so she they worshipped this, they worshipped Baal, and they worshipped Ashtorah, or Ast, in, in, she would call, she would call it Astart. And she brought the god, these gods to, to basically to Israel. And so definitely, in fact, in fact, very interesting, Monica, that you said that, because we have an extra biblical source. One of the ancient um, uh, historians records that her father, was originally the priest of this goddess. So so she yeah. grew she would have grown up in the basically in the temple of this goddess. So yes, and very, very much linked to this. Yes, yes. Um, in, in the in the in the paradigm, I actually speak of modern political figures who are linked to these things, Jezebel and to this goddess. So yes, absolutely. So she's a prostitute goddess. So what does this mean? It means that when Baal, okay, so Baal comes in in the Bible, it, it will always say Baal and then and then Ashtorah, 
will come second. So first comes Baal into America. And we spoke about that last time, the possessor. But then is going to come the next spirit. And that, and that is the goddess. So what would we expect to happen? Like, let's say we didn't even know history. What would happen? Early 60s, we start removing God. We start turning. Then, and that's the spirit. But then we would expect to have, what we'd expect to happen, if this spirit gets in, we would expect a revolution in the realm of, of sexuality, of sexual morality or immorality. And that's exactly what happens, exactly like clockwork. What happens is in a few years after we begin turning away from God comes the sexual revolution. And what is the sexual revolution? First of all, it's the fingerprints of the goddess. The sexual revolution in every realm is basically the, uh, the overturning of biblical values concerning sexuality, gender, marriage, man, woman, um, you know, you know, relationships. It overturns it and replaces it with a pagan morality. You know, we, we spoke last time that, you know, one of the things that Baal does is the spirit is he causes a nation to forget. Well, we 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 can we have almost forgotten what America used to be, which was a very much Christian oriented nation. Well, the morality that we had regarding sexuality up to the 1960s was pretty much the same for for almost 2,000 years, almost the same as early Christianity, vir virtually unchanged. But then. We started turning from God, and this is what happened. And by the way, Monica, this always happens. When a culture turns away from God, watch the realm of sexuality, because that is going to be revolution. So that's exactly what happens to America. What she did in ancient times, she would sexualize the culture. See, think about it. What does a prostitute do? A prostitute takes sex out of marriage and puts it into the marketplace or the economy or the the public realm you know yes. that's exactly what she did in ancient times she took sexuality out of marriage and she took it into the realm of the culture she sexualized the culture in her temples you you could see sexual sexuality sexual acts were actually going on so that that is part of often part of pagan culture and it was part of her culture in her temples you know in fact her temples were often they were called temples of prostitution um there were there could sometimes said there would be thousands of prostitutes in her temple they were called the sacred prostitute the harem too in, in sumerian language they the sacred prostitutes because they they took set they took sexual immorality and, and and treated it as as sacred they worship sexual immorality well that should sound familiar to us now well the thing is so so that's what happened so she so what happens to america the same exact thing sexuality in the 1960s is taken out of marriage and enters the culture and sexualizes the culture. We have a sexualized culture in every way. And not only that, you know, one of the things, you know, in, in ancient times, I said she's called the prostitute. Well, well, in Greek, you know, they, they actually have hymns to her calling, oh, you know, sacred prostitute, you know. Well, in Greek, the word for prostitute, they would call her, is porne, from which we get the word porn or pornography. So, and that's not an accident because you know what? The first pornography on planet Earth is the literature of this goddess, this principality. She basically invented pornography. For the first is the literature about her is pornographic. Secondly, 
she she causes images in ancient times it's you know back then it's in clay you know but images of naked women images of herself disrobing so she actually has pornography you know all throughout ancient culture you have pornographic images and so what happens when she comes back to a quote christian or or judeo-christian culture she sexualizes it she pornifies it so we have it's no accident we have an explosion now of pornography she you know if we said that the the strategy of these spirits is to take a, a judeo-christian civilization western civilization and america and turn it into a pagan one transform it well what she does is she seeks to turn a judeo-christian culture into a pagan one through the realm of sexuality she is a seductress she is a temptress she has seduced remember you know we, we spoke about Baal and how the spirits become masters over us well this has become a master over America and you know, you know I'm here now think about America America was the nation that was was called this was to be a city on a hill you know you know the, right. the Puritans John Winthrop you know said we shall be as a city on a hill it was that was the words come from Jesus well you know the whole nations the world will watch us will be will become a you know will become a, a vessel of God. Well, now this, the quote, city on a hill that once spread the gospel to the world is now the number one creator and, and, and disseminator of pornography covering planet earth. That's what's happened to America because of this spirit. And working hand in glove with big tech or the, the technical revolution. Now, everybody of all ages has access to this pornography and the addiction to it um, has run rampant. Jonathan, I'm going to ask you to please hang tight. A lot more ahead. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. We are back with this absolutely fascinating conversation with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. As you're speaking, Jonathan, it's occurred to me that the sexualization of the culture, then the related 
logical end to that is that marriage becomes weakened and the family falls apart. Oh, total, total, total. Because I mean, think think about this. You know, I mean, it's you know, I mean, this this is on one hand, it's simple. On one hand, it's very deep, and that is that you know, we look at sexualities all over the culture, and where did it come from? I mean, did it was it imported? Like when you know, where where how did how did sexuality suddenly come all over the culture? It was taken from something else. You know, it was always there. What you as much as you see sexuality in the culture. You know, you know, it it means it was taken from the the marital covenant. It was taken from the bedroom. It leaked out, and, and that's where it is. And so, if it did that, what it means is it's got to weaken marriage and destroy marriage. And it's no accident, Monica, that at the very time of the sexual revolution is the very time that marriages start weakening, families start falling apart. You know, at the beginning of the '60s, the divorce rate, you know, from the '50s is minuscule. You know. Well, it well it 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 multiplies. It multiplies, and with the sexual revolution, it's no accident. You know, in many ways, sexuality is the glue that holds together. You know, you know, holds together marriage. It holds together civilization. You take that glue and you take it out and you put it all over. You are going to have destruction. You know, the goddess. You know, Ishtar. You know, or or Ashtora in the Bible. She she had a sword. You know, she was also she was also the god goddess of destruction. Of of she was a militarized goddess, and so she actually you know she comes as this temptress, but she ends up bringing destruction. Look at all the marriages that have been destroyed. Look at all the families that have been destroyed. Look at all the children who have been destroyed. Look at look at what's happened right now in America. The numbers of children who are raised with a, a, a father and mother in, in a covenant um, are like, are like um, I'm trying to think, or raised without it, are like 40% now. Four out of 10 don't even know what a father is in a covenant with it. Don't even know that. So the thing is that this has totally transformed America. You transform marriage, you are transforming family. You transform family, you are transforming society and when you do that you're transforming civilization so literally that's why this this principality is particularly powerful so absolutely what you just said this has literally transformed our lives and and it's and we have to connect it i mean everyone who's listening has to connect it when you see all the the more you see of sexuality you know um with no bounds no context all over the culture you are every every degree that that happens it is a degree that is the weakening or destroying of marriage and family as we have known it. Yes. And when you talk about pornography, what goes hand in glove with porn? Addiction, substance abuse, alcoholism, and the enchantress is all part of that too, right? Yeah. And, yes. And, you know, literally, and literally divorce. I mean, you know, you know, when now more and more marriage counselors are saying one of the major factors that is scarring for divorces is pornography because i mean what goes on you're redirecting things that were meant you know for to hold together a marriage and a family and, and society and life and all that, and you're taking apart and that's going to bring death that's going to bring destruction you know all the you know well here, let me let me give you another one with this you know you know we also use the word erotic or erotic culture or eroticize you know that's what's happened to america well the word erotic comes from the greek word eros of course you know eros though wasn't just a word it was a principality it was actually a little god um, it was the it was the god eros of of erotic you know impulse and the the this this god had a mother the mother 
was this goddess. <laughs> you know, the mother of Eros was Aphrodite. Aphrodite is another form of Ishtar or Ashtora. So literally she is the, I mean, this one principality is the, the author or the mother of pornography and of erotica and of destruction of society as we know it. You know, what we, you know, um, you know, what we are seeing, you know, and we, we have to see it, it has to be, is, is that all these things that have happened to marriage, I mean, even up to right now, it happened, we'll see it later, in, in a, I, I believe on, on, on the next program, we're, we're, what's happened to gender, but this is very deep, and it's very real, and it's very exact, it's exact, so it's no accident what we're seeing happening, it all goes back to this, and they go hand, as you said, hand in glove. She is also, you write in The Return of the Gods, you write that the Enchantress is also a sorceress or a yes. witch of some kind. Why is that important, Jonathan? Yeah, well, she was, yeah, she's called the seductress and she's called the sorceress because she, you know, they, I believe when I did the research for The Return of the Gods, more spells were cast like concerning her or in her name to cause people to do things. Than any other person, she she is that that she is a seductress. She is she is the goddess of magic as well as sexuality, um, and so interesting because notice something, at, in the same time when you have the re, you have the sexual revolution, which is the fingerprints of the return of the spirit, you have something else. You have the revival of the occult at the same time. 1960s revival of the occult new age starts going coming in you know i'm actually eastern religion starts coming in eastern spirituality comes in which actually eastern spirituality you know it's dressed up and it's repackaged and it's flower put flowers on and all that but it's basically basically pagan spirituality it's pantheism it's polytheism it's all these things you know and so you have the revival of witchcraft you know the the, the goddess wasn't a, a witch you have you have you know right now monica there are more witches in america than there are presbyterians <laughs> that's mm. what to this city on the hill could you imagine if the puritans came back today you know and they wow. saw this you know this is that we have darkened, you know, our, it's in our culture. You see the occult in our in our entertainment. You see it's glorified. You see all these things while while in a sense, Christianity is demonized, you know, but demonic things are sanctified. You know, you know, that's one of the signs. That's what happened to ancient Israel when they, you know, they, they turn away from God. What happens is they profane what was holy and they made they made holy. They sanctified what was profane. That's where we are right now. So, yeah, we have more young people into witchcraft into the occult we have you know you have psychic hotlines you have psychic everything you have tarot card astrology you have, and you have all sorts of concepts that have got in i just saw an article monica last night that said the that that the numbers or the percentage of americans who believe in one or another new age concept is something like 90 percent you know you know in one form or another um mm -hmm. when you get into specifics like say reincarnation again this is all paganism it's 30 percent of americans but this is unheard of you know astrology tarot cards well this is unheard of but it all goes together it's all the same spirit okay please stand by more with rabbi khan straight ahead Okay, we are back with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. As you're speaking, Jonathan, it's occurred to me that between the women's revolution, the sexual revolution, all that began in the 1960s, went into the 1970s, all of the fallouts still happening today. But yes. it was all about feeding women false promises 
about having it all, it, you know, which in many cases involved hating men or demonizing them, putting career over family and so on. But it really seems like the enchantress, as you write about, yeah. really brought women, but men too, but women especially, down this primrose path of lies. You're, you're totally right. Um, we'll get, and, and we'll even get more into that when we get into the Transformer, which is linked to this goddess, but totally right. The the entire radical, I hate men against it, uh, the movement started at the same time, as you said. I mean, this what they call it second wave feminism. This is the feminism as we know it. And it is linked to this. This was actually, it's actually linked to the qualities and the, even the mythologies of the goddess. You know, I mean, even, even the, even her nature is part of this as well. And Monica, you know, one of the things is that when they traced, you know, women's happiness and fulfillment from, say, the 1950s onward, it's gone down every decade. So here with all the promises and this is going to fulfill you and this is going to bless, look at where we are now. <laughs> you, know, you know, this is what happened. Yes. And here, here's another thing that you, you, you're bringing in that's, that's connecting with this, and that is that that the you know one of the things of this kind of radical feminism um, is that they also brought back goddess worship. You know, one they glorified, you know, the great goddess. They talked about the god, the mother goddess, and all these things linked to it, and and that is all linked to this goddess. So it literally, it, I mean, sometimes it becomes very blatant, but it is absolutely correct. Just amazing. All right, let's now turn, Jonathan, to the third and final small G god that you talk about in the Dark Trinity in the Return of the Gods, which is the Destroyer. Tell us about him. Yeah, the destroyer is the principle, the third one, and it and it go they go together. Listen, the 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 dark trinity or the trinity works together, and they go like clockwork. First, in order, first is the possessor, second the enchantress. Um, so first the turning away from God in America, then the sexual revolution, and then this. Then comes this one. He's got to come because because this is where it all leads to. The destroyer is the is the ancient principality that causes parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. This is what happened in the pagan world. It was actually common in the pagan world. In the pagan world, in paganism, human sacrifice is common. Um, and child sacrifice or child abuse is common as well. Why? Because when you don't have God, you know, number one, you're giving yourself to these dark principalities. Number two, the Bible says we're made in the image of God. Well, if we're in the image of God, every person is priceless is is valuable when you take that out you take out then 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 the value of life goes out then you have death look again look at what happened to the soviet union when they turned from god look at what happened to germany when they turned from god you have destruction and so it's always going to lead to destruction the gods are always going to lead to destruction the, the gods always had altars where where sacrifices were offered up and so they're oh and and and, and included often human sacrifice so this is what you and when you in the in the pagan world you know if you were not strong you're in danger if you were if you you were a child you were in it was not safe to be a child in the pagan world because you're weak and it was not safe to be elderly or or sick you know or crippled in the pagan world so you see how much difference the gospel made you know and, and what you know what ended child sacrifice what ended child sacrifice across the world overwhelmingly was the gospel was the power of Jesus that tells you how right this is because that was that tells you how how where we are when we don't have god look at look at where we are and look at the difference that Jesus makes so that is what did that but here now 
is the warning. Remember the warning that Jesus gave, but if, if the house empties itself of God, the ancient spirits, the ancient gods are going to return, and one of them is going to be the destroyer. And the destroyer, or, or in, in, in Israel, called Molech. Molech. Um, and this is the one they literally, Israel, offered up their own children to. When they, when they turned away from God, they started doing this. Well, you think that could never happen to America? It already has. Because in 1970, again, like clockwork, at the ap as after the first part of the sexual revolution, the 1970, America begins practicing abortion on demand, yes. begins practicing the ancient practice of this. This is child sacrifice. And the thing is, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually show how it is. But one of the things is that, you know, in the ancient world, you know, you had infanticide, you had child sacrifice, you had infanticide, you had abortion. They were all part of the same thing. You, you know, abortion ended at the time when the gospel came in. And so did infanticide, so did child sacrifice. So now, if we if we turn away from God, what would we expect to happen? Like, like we, you know, we asked that question with the second spirit of the dark trinity, the enchantment. What would happen? And it did. Well, what would happen is we would start somehow, we'd start in some way offering up our children, killing our own children. This is the ultimate act of paganism. And, and the thing is, that's exactly what happened. We began America, and then America actually led much of the world into this. Began, America still leads in this. I mean, it's one of the, one of the top nations of abortion, uh, killing children later than, 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 you know, than other nations. I mean, it's, it's barbaric what we're doing. But we began offering up our children with abortion. And, you know, Jesus said that, you know, when the spirits come back, they come back worse. Well, how can that be? Well, when you look at the ancient Israel, they offered up thousands of children on, on altars to Baal and Molech, you know, and, and you can go to Israel, you can see where they did it. Well, we haven't offered up thousands. We have offered up millions of children. We have killed yes. over 60 million children. So so even in that, they come back worse, you know. And and the thing is, you know, so we have now another spirit. And you know, to me, to me, Monica, when I, I originally, you know, I'm I'm Jewish and I was raised, you know, in the in the synagogue, but I became an atheist when I was eight years old. And when I was a when I was a teenager, I heard about abortion and I and I was liberal. I'm liberal, atheist, liberal uh, at that time. And I said, wait a minute. I said, this is horrible. I mean, I can't believe that, you know, I thought all the liberals would rise up against this. How could they do this to, how could the, how could the state, how could anyone do this to, to the defenseless children? This is like 1984. This is like a science fiction. I was amazed back then. I didn't believe in, I wasn't a believer. I was amazed that all my liberal friends were for this. I said, and you know, how can anybody be for it? I mean, I, I can understand how people can do it, but I can't understand how anybody could, could ever think it's right to kill a, the most defenseless of human beings, an unborn child. But this is all linked to it. You see, when, when the spirits come, they they twist rationality. Things start becoming irrational. You don't think straight in any way, shape, or form. I mean, anybody, like, the simple question is, what if your mother was for abortion and aborted you? Would you want that? Of course not. But yet we can think that this is right. Well, it's back. And one of the things I, I get into in the Return of the Gods is how when I opened up the, the actual records of the child sacrifices, like to these gods, we're actually doing it. It's that modern abortion is actually following the same thing. 
It's just, it's incredible that it's the same, it's the same pattern of child sacrifice, um, infanticide, you know, you have at least one state in America now where they, they were trying to make it legal to kill the baby after birth, which is straight up yes. infanticide. How do you square it, Jonathan, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade? So you had abortion on demand around 1970. It was codified by the Supreme Court in 1973, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. Earlier this year, the Supreme Court overturned it. How do you square that with what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in battle, number one. Um, you know, the the well, let me let me let me put it, let me share something with that. Um, first of all, there was a we're in a battle, and believers have been praying about this for years. Um, this was a good sign. It was a good, it was, it was, I believe it was a sign from the Lord. You have this in Israel too, by the way, where you had them offering up their children, but then you had the chance, God gave them chances for revival. And and the thing is, well, let me tell let me share something. I don't always share. And that is that when I was working on the return of the gods, um, one of my, you know, I have, I'm, I'm the spiritual leader or rabbi or pastor of Beth Israel, which is in, uh, it's in Wayne, New Jersey, across the water from New York City. Um, and one of my associate pastors had, didn't know, had no idea what I was working on at all. And, and he woke up in the, in the morning and he said, he, this thing came on him. He said, he saw, he literally saw, he saw this picture, saw a vision and he had a word. He said, I, this is for Jonathan. I got to tell him. And so he did, he gave me, he was, he was almost trembling and he saw me. And I was working on the return of the gods, but he had no idea. And he saw me bringing forth a word, and I'm bringing forth a word, and all, all, all around me are these altars of these gods, altars of sacrifices. And as I brought forth the word, the, the altars were broken, were breaking. And out of the broken altars, spirits were coming out and departing. Now, now, now he saw that as this word. Now, Monica, I finished writing The Return of the Gods in this past summer. Okay. The day I finished writing it was June 24th. That was the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. Wow. The, the, the biggest altar, the most brazen altar we have of the gods right now is, you know, the most brazen one is abortion. It's literally an altar of sacrifice for children. Well, well, it cracked, you know, and, 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 and I'm not saying it's at the timing of God, you know, but it cracked. And the thing is that, that in the Bible, you know, God gave Israel, this is what I get, you know, Monica, I never, I never have an, ep I've never had an epilogue for any book, but the, because it happened on that day, you know, my publisher said, do you want to write something? So I wrote at the very end of the Return of the Gods, I wrote just an epilogue to say this, God gave chances to ancient Israel to return to him and, and, and revival and re and, and the sign of revival back then wasn't like a revival tent meeting. You know what it was? It was a sign of the broken altar. They would break the altars of the gods so they could not sacrifice their children. And so we have just seen this the first time in American history where this actually has happened. This is a sign that God could bring revival, and it's linked to also exposing the gods, which is also part of revival. So it's all linked together. So this is a chance. Now, has it overturned abortion? Not by a long shot. It saved children, though. But we are in a battle. And this battle is linked to the principalities. The principalities went crazy. Remember, after this happened, they went crazy, like people so passionate for the right to kill babies. I mean, that we have to kill babies. We are offended. You know, it's craziness. But we are in a battle. And that's one of the reasons why I knew I had to write The Return of the Gods. Oh, yeah. I mean, th this is just one more manifestation of the spiritual war that we're in. 
All right, we've got to hit this quick break, but we will be right back with much more. We're back with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. You also write, when you're talking about the destroyer, um, you write about how poor children, and this is true yes. throughout millennia, <clears throat> poor children were offered up more often uh, for child sacrifice and abortion than rich children. And that's yes. the same thing today, is it not? Exactly, exactly. When I looked at the pattern of this, of child sacrifice, it's amazing. Yes, what they did back then, we have records, you know, that they actually paid families, poor families to offer up their children for them. So, yeah, so so the destroyer goes after children and goes after poor children. And so it's no accident that Planned Parenthood is in all these places with poor children. Um, it's no accident that that often minorities who are in these neighborhoods, that they are they are more offered up and killed, they're more killed and you know that and sacrificed than others. You know, you know, this God is a against poor, against the poor, this destroyer, and he's a racist, you know. So and people don't realize that you know this is not helping anyone, this is just destruction. And what was the reason why these these parents offered up their children back then? Because they believed that if they did it, they would get a blessing from them. They would get they get favor. They would get prosperity. They would be economically benefited. Their fields would prosper. You know. Well, what are what are women being told today? They're told if you have an abortion, it'll you know if you have the baby, it's going to hurt your career. You have an abortion. You will be more prosperous. You will you will not be hindered. You will have your career. You'll make money. You have Hollywood stars saying that giving praise to abortion because of their career because they they murdered their child. You know that's exactly the same thing today. Another thing, you know, they they would burn their children on, on the altar. Literally, we we you know we have high tech. We burn them with chemicals or we dismember them. You know, with with high technology. You know, they also considered it to be a sacred act. This was a sacrament back then. Sacred. Well, I put in the Return of the Gods, actual quotes from, you know, the abortionists and radical feminists saying, literally saying, abortion is a sacrament. It's a holy act. Abortion, another one says, abortion is not, uh, not immoral. It's just another form of morality, a pagan morality. Another one says, abortion is a holy sacrifice, a sacrament, a sacrifice. So it's the same spirit. We are following the same pattern. The destroyer is back and has destroyed. We have caused America caused us to destroy 60 million of our own children. I mean, really, it's like it's the angel of death, right? It's about destroying not just life, but everything around us, but certainly life uh, for first and, uh, and foremost. And, you know, I think about Whoopi Goldberg, who is big celebrity, has an Academy Award, a Tony, an Emmy, you name it. She's a big star. She has admitted, uh, Jonathan, that she had seven abortions before the age of 25. So she was using murder as birth control. Yeah, it, it, it is. You know, one of the things about the gods, and, and we'll see in every, is they ultimately, they, their ultimate end game is destruction. You know, and they and they caused Israel to, to the Israelites. To, I mean, to offer up their own children. Think about that. Your children are part of you. I mean, you know, your children are your future, are your are your fruit. You know, so you're killing your own children. I mean, I mean, you know, in but in every respect, they cause those who go with them. 
ultimately to destroy themselves, to destroy everything. I mean, in the end, they, they caused that with Israel. And in the end, Israel was literally destroyed because of the gods. Well, now they're in America. And, and so you, you you get a taste of it when you look at the, the you know, because abortion is so brazen, you know. But in every respect, what's happening to America, this, these are the gods. And they are ultimately seeking the destruction of America, the uh, destruction of Christianity, the destruction of life. It's just, it's just breathtaking the way you're laying it all out. All right, um, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you to stand by until Friday because this has just been an incredible view into all of this. But there's a lot more too, including yeah. the Transformer. Yes. And we are on Friday. We're going to extend this conversation and put a final point on it by talking about how they are coming after our children. We're gonna talk about the gender dysphoria, gender confusion, yeah. all of those things. We're gonna bring it all together and tie it all together. So Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is gonna be back with us on Friday so we can cover the final chapter of the Dark Trinity and also how we can restore ourselves and America yes. Yes. because we want to end on a very hopeful yes. note. Yes. So you're going to want to tune in for that. In the meantime, please go find Jonathan Kahn's new book. It's called The Return of the Gods. The website is thereturnofthegods.com. You can get it there. Also, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. Okay, so have a great rest of your week, and we will see you right back here on Friday. Thank you.